The word of the Lord this morning, if you have your Bible and would like to turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, uh, Pastor Norb's going to preach on this section, uh, verses 28 through 34. One of the teachers of uh, religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there's only one God and no other. And I know it's important to love him with all my heart and with all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You're not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. Father, thank you this morning for your word. May we uh, tuck it in our hearts that we might not sin against you. We pray this morning your blessing upon this passage. We thank you for Pastor Norb. And uh, we ask your anointing upon him as he opens this word to us this morning. May our hearts just be warmed by the Holy Spirit. As we listen, give us eyes to discern, give us hearts that are just open and receptive to all that you want to say to us today, and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to take your word and apply it to our hearts, because you know where we need it in each one of our lives, and we give you, we give you our praise, and we give you our love, Lord Jesus, in your name. Amen. Well, what a great morning already. Thank you, Pastor Adam, for leading us in worship this morning. We, uh, next Sunday, will be starting a, a new sermon series. Pastor Ken will launch a, a new study in the book of Ephesians, the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. Uh, we're simply gathering the theme under the subject of deeper. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And uh, so these, these weeks kind of between uh, Christmas and the start of this new series, uh, Pastor Adam spoke and Pastor Ken spoke a couple of times and myself today, um, and, and they were somewhat random it seemed. Uh, we all kind of just picked what God had laid on our hearts and uh, kind of ran with it. And uh, yet as I thought about it, 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 it almost kind of morphed into a bit of a series in and of itself. It wasn't planned, it just kind of happened. Because uh, four weeks ago when Pastor Adam spoke, he took us to the Apostle Paul's letter to the Galatians and reminded us about our identity as children of God. And that's such an important piece, such an important place for us to start and to be grounded in is to know God's love for us, that we can't earn it, that there's nothing that we can do other than to receive the grace and mercy of God and uh, be grateful for that. 
Then Pastor Ken reminded us that God wants to write an incredible story in our lives. He wants us then to use our stories to impact um, the lives of those around us. And then last week, Pastor Ken reminded us about the importance of faith as we live out the very story that God has written for us. And in some ways, um, these four weeks are kind of like a long introduction to the new series that uh, Pastor Ken will start next week in that God calls us into relationship with himself. He, he adopts us as his children. That becomes our identity. We are sons and daughters of, of the king. And, um, and, and, and then he starts to change us, and he matures us as we walk with him and with others on the same journey. And we simply live out this calling, and we respond, as it were, to God's call on our lives. And so I kind of want to continue this thought and take us to what is probably a well-worn passage. I I, I honestly, I landed here very early on in thinking about this Sunday, and I kept trying to find something else, and it kept coming back. I'll just go back to Mark chapter 12, and, uh, and I almost call it my banner message because it refers to the banners that you see up here, right? Love God with your heart, love God with all your soul, love God with all your mind, and love God with all your strength. Because when Jesus was asked what's the most important commandment, that is how he responded. And then he said, and the second is like it, love um, your neighbor as yourself. And um, if you're wondering where that banner is, if you haven't noticed it, it's, it's right out front by the, by the start of the brunch line. And, and we put it there fairly strategically because before the banner was there, I mean, people would just push and shove and bud to the front of the line. And um, wasn't a whole lot of love happening. I'm kidding, of course. But um, we just thought, hey, there's a good place. Hopefully, when you, when you go by there, you just glance to your right and you'll see it. And it's a reminder then of, of what we ought to do for the rest of this week as well in that we love God and we love others. And we love God with all, with every part of us, our heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. You, you love God, we love God with the whole of our being. I mean, what else is there to who we are as a person, right? Our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength. That we love God with everything we got. So God calls us, and this is the way that we respond. And so this passage that Pastor Ken read for us, uh, three of the four Gospels record um, these verses with some slight variations in the wording and in some of the circumstances. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Mark chapter 12. And that's where we're going to land this morning. But, but just to say this, that if you read Matthew's account and then Luke's account, Uh, they feel a little bit more antagonistic. Like there's something kind of going on between uh, the the person asking the question of Jesus and the way that Jesus responds. But here in Mark 12, it feels a little bit more like a polite exchange, right? A pleasant, friendly conversation between a teacher of the law and Jesus. And it begins with the familiar words, the question that the teacher of the law, um, he asks Jesus, he says, of all of the commandments... Which is an important distinction to make because the rabbis had taken the Old Testament law and they started to list it out and they listed 613 commandments that they were supposed to keep. Who's going to keep track of 613 commandments? Somewhere you're going to mess something up. You're going to forget one. And so he says, can we just summarize it? How do we, how do we boil this down? So what is, 
the greatest of all these commandments, which is the most important, or which should be of our first and greatest priority. And Jesus responds, as I've said a few times already, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbors yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And so our response to God is to give to him the whole of who we are, right? He loves us, and then we respond to that love by loving him back. And so how do we make loving God our first and greatest priority? I'm just going to collect my thoughts under these three headings. First of all, we love God by focusing our attention on him, by focusing our attention on God. So we love God thoughtfully, right? With our minds, we, we think about him. We engage with him. It's not just some passing or fleeting thought, but we intentionally focus our attention on him. We simply can't stop thinking about him. And so this is loving God with our minds. Remember when you first fell in love? I I, I bet you couldn't stop thinking about that person, right? You thought of them before you fell asleep at night. You're tucked in the bed and you're just thinking, oh, I wonder what they're doing right now. Or or you, you thought about them when you woke up in the morning. It was probably maybe the very first thing that you thought about. You thought of him or her when you're getting yourself ready for the day and you're eating breakfast and, 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 and then on the bus ride and you're just excited because you're gonna, you, you just can't wait to see him or her at recess. Um, <laughs> come on, who of you didn't have your first crush in grade school? And I know a crush is very different than a first love, but... You know where I'm going with that, right? Like you just, when you meet somebody for the first time and you you begin to sense an attraction, you can't stop thinking about them. Because simply put, when you love someone, when you really truly love someone, they do become the focus of your attention. But something happens. And sometimes our first love doesn't get the attention that they once got at first. Sometimes it seems as the longer that you're in a relationship, the less attention that you give them. And there's a tendency, right, to, to drift or, or maybe to wander a little bit. That's why the hymn writer says, you know, prone uh, to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. That, that's almost our, our natural inclination. That's what we're prone to. In the book of Revelation, Jesus writes letters to the seven churches, and one of those is to the church at Ephesus, the the church that uh, the, the letter to Ephesians was written to. And first he commends them, and he says, I know your deeds, your, your hard work and your perseverance. You have endured hardship for my name. You have not grown worry. That's or, or weary. That, that's all great. It's all good. But then he says but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. In other translations, it says, you have abandoned the love that you had at first. And if we just pause and if we're honest with ourselves, 
perhaps that's a bit of our testimony. We can do lots of good things, great things even. We, we can work hard, we've persevered, we've endured. But maybe even some of the things that we do become routine and we, we lose our focus on even why we do what we do. And it's easy to understand why this drift happens because the Bible says that by nature we're self-centered. Romans 8, 7, and I like how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in the message. He says, focusing on the self is the opposite of focusing on God. Anyone completely absorbed in self ignores God, ends up thinking more about self than God. And so just that's by nature. We have to sort of come against that and realize that that it's so easy for us to be thinking about ourselves and our issues and our problems rather than seeing God as this great and faithful God that we sang about this morning, this unchanging God. But because by nature as individuals we can be self-centered, it ultimately means then that our culture can be self-centered as well. And so Romans 12, 2, again from the message, says this, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. See how our minds are engaged? And then it says this, instead, fix your attention on God, you'll be changed from the inside out. Isn't it interesting that the change, the transformation that takes place in our lives is through our minds and the way that we think. And so Paul writes there, he says, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. So let's just get practical about this. How do we fix our attention then on God? Well, number one, we, we simply just put spend time with God. I'm not sure why I actually said number one because it's my only point, but... Spend time with God daily, regularly, consistently, right? And some simple things that might help you do that is, is just to find a very specific place where you go, where you know that's the place that you go. See, I can't do that at my office desk or even my, my office at home because I start to think about all the things that I need to do around me. So I need a separate place, a specific place. Maybe have some resources there, a, a good study Bible or, or um, maybe even some music that will help, just instrumental music that will help kind of drown out some of the noises sometimes in your own home so that you can focus your attention on God. And what do you do when you spend time with God? This isn't complicated. We read the Bible. And we read the Bible because God reveals himself in his word. The Bible is God's self-disclosure. We, we learn about God and who God is and his character by reading the Bible. We, we understand then that he is, he is an unchanging God and a faithful God and a good God and a merciful God. And so we get to know God through the Bible. And you say, well, I don't know maybe how to read the Bible or where to start with the Bible. Pastor Adam is, is offering an eight-week study simply called How to Read the Bible. Pretty self-explanatory. Monday nights, beginning February 5th, right? Email Pastor Adam, email the office, write in the friendship book today, reading the Bible, and you can get signed up for that. Be a part of that. Yesterday, we had a great morning with um, almost 40 men from the church that had gathered for breakfast, and, uh, and we ate. We ate well. We had bacon. Um, bacon's always good. Um, maybe that'll help you out. But we spent 
45 minutes studying the word and Pastor Adam who's gifted as a teacher and he just taught from the first chapter of Ephesians and so um, over the next uh, five months now we'll be going through Ephesians 2 and Ephesians 3 and once a month so men join the 40 that were there yesterday because I'm sure they'll be back because we had bacon but the teaching was good really good too and um, and so be part of that so when we're spending time with God how do we do that we we read the Bible we pray, right? Prayer is simply talking to God. And there's many books written on the subject, and I don't ever want to discourage you from reading a book on prayer. Um, I probably read a book on prayer almost every year. But, you know, the best way to learn to pray is, is to pray, to practice it constantly and being mindful of God's presence with us throughout the day. And we have some prayer time Sunday morning at 9.30. You're welcome to come early. And, and uh, you know, right now we meet in the conference room. We'd love to outgrow that space and move to a bigger space uh, in the building. But let's pray together. We have a prayer summit coming up, February 11th, I believe. Men, Tuesday morning. I know it's early, 6 o'clock. Believe me, I am not a morning person. My wife will tell you that. Um, and, and I'll, I'll admit, my attendance is only about 50%. Um, actually, Adam was keeping some stats, and he sent that out. And I was just like, seriously, 50%? Man. <clears throat> but there are some that are very consistent. Just take the time to come to pray. We read, we're reading through um, Mark's gospel, and um, then we just break into a couple of small groups, depending on how many are there, and we pray each other pray for the church pray for a community it's good join us so we spend time with god and we read the bible and we pray and as we're doing that we're listening to god because we believe that god still speaks because when you combine reading the word and praying together you listen for the quiet whispers of god through the holy spirit and we have a hearing god course coming up a six-week course that's going to start march 1st if that's an area that you want to grow in, i just encourage you sign up for that Ladies, refresh. It starts this week, um, and they're studying discerning the voice of God, how to recognize when he speaks. So this is an area that you want to grow in. Think about it. How do I listen to God? How do I hear from him? And there's so many other disciplines and practices that are all intended to help us spend time with God because in spending time with God, we get to know him, and getting to know him as, we, as our mind has changed, it starts to transform us, as we said, from the inside out. We fix our attention on God. And so the way to know God, to think about him, to love him, is to intentionally focus our attention on him. Secondly, we love God by expressing our affection to him. Expressing our affection to him. This would be loving God with all your heart and with all your soul. We express our love for God to God because he loved us first. I can't overemphasize that enough he loved us first and so our activities or the things that we do are, are not in some way to kind of earn God's favor or to earn God's love for us he already loves us and so we're simply responding to his love for us and so some practical ways to express our affection number one and this time I do have actually three points um, is growing in love and knowledge Hosea 6 6 says I want you to show me not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. You hear that? That's God, the creator of the world, saying, listen, I don't want your, your offerings if they're just coming from uh, out of routine and obligation. What I really want is I want 
you to know me more. And so since loving God is our first and greatest priority, it's not surprising that God would say, love me, know me. And, and, and that kind of takes us back to my first point. We, we spend time getting to know him. And if we're going to be a, a church, a people who walk with Jesus, then let's walk with Jesus. I mentioned reading the Bible as a way to focus our attention on God. And so maybe even just starting by reading the Gospels, reading the, 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 the story of Jesus and the accounts that, that, that spell out the kind of things that Jesus did and his teachings. And we immerse ourselves in those readings. Again, I believe that spending time with God and is a, is a way of then expressing our affection to him when we're growing in our understanding of who he is. Secondly, um, we express our affection by revealing our passion for God. Revealing our passion for God. In Exodus 34, verse 14, we read, You must worship no other gods, for the Lord, whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. We sing a song sometimes here. He is jealous for you because he wants to have a relationship with us. You know, men, if, uh, this, this illustration will only make sense if you're a married man. Um, I guess it could go the other way a while because I'm a man, I can pick on the men. Um, but when you think about your relationship with your wife, I, I just want to say this. I think she would be totally okay if you were absolutely crazy about her. I think she'd be okay with that if you're absolutely crazy about her. Right? It, it's not having a relationship that is kind of almost cold and impersonal. It's like, here, got you some flowers. Happy now? Um, right? That's not going to go over very well. And, 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 and so in, in the same way, and I always hate kind of drawing the analogy between kind of our human interactions and, and our interactions with God, but, but God doesn't want our burnt offerings any more than your wife wants you just to toss some flowers on the counter. He wants you to know him. And the teacher of the law who was asking Jesus these questions um, it seems like he at least understood this because after Jesus has answered the questions about this most important commandment, he said this, Well said, teacher. You see that polite exchange there? He says, You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know, he says this, it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. Then he says, this is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. So he knew it. Thirdly, we worship God and we express our affection to him through the giving of ourselves to him. Uh, Romans 6, 12, and 14, 12 through 14 says this, do not, let this, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. So you're going to give in to something. But he says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, Paul writes, give yourselves completely to God. 
For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Isn't that great? When we surrender ourselves to God, when we can come to him and say, God, not my will, but your will be done. When, when, when we don't live in bondage to sin, but rather in, in, in submission to God, we are in fact then living under the freedom of God's grace. We have a new master and he's not a burdensome one. And one of the best ways to express our affection is when we gather together like this for corporate worship. Because when we do that, we can sing songs that give us an opportunity to express um, our passion. We're taught from the Bible in the way that we're doing this now so that we can grow in love and in knowledge. And each week you come, you have an opportunity to say to God, thank you, thank you, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he did for me. Dear God, today I, I just give myself to you. Help me this week by your grace and by your strength to walk in complete surrender to you. Can I encourage you in a few things today? And this was a great morning to do this. But how do we, when we gather together for, for, for worship, what do we do? We sing. And, and you know, we say this all the time. Is we want to be a singing church. We want to hear you. Because it's, it's a great expression of that. The people that are up here, the worship team that's here, they're not performers. They're merely prompters in, in encouraging us and giving us an opportunity to express our passionate worship of God. And you sang, we, it was, I mean, when you sit up at the front here and you hear all the voices behind you, um, it's, it's an incredible thing. And so when I'm saying encouragement here, I'm, I'm thinking like, Paul says this a few times, like, man, I, I commend you for your faith but do it more and more. And so that's what I'm trying to say here. It's like, uh, we, we sing well, church. I've been to many other churches sometimes and you don't always hear that singing. Let's do it more and more. Um, now I'm gonna get a little radical, so bear with me. Um, you can clap. Not all songs require it. It doesn't work for all songs, but it's okay. It's just an expression of our joy, right? And our passion for God. And, and I just want to tell you this right now, that if a, if a white German Baptist guy with no rhythm like myself can clap, learn to clap, because I couldn't for a long time, there's hope for all of us. And, and, um, and I learned, and some of the musicians are going to have to help me out, when I sit there and I'm going to clap, I watch the drummer. And every time he hits the snare drum, if you know what that is, I almost need a, a demo from Adam, that's when you clap. Now, I don't, I don't know enough about music, but is that like clapping on two and four or one and three? What are we doing there? doesn't really matter whatever he's drumming. Just follow the drummer. And if you get it right, then hopefully everybody else will follow. Now, sometimes they change up the rhythm of the song, and it's a little bit different. And I know there's this one song that we sing, and I really like it. We haven't sung it for a while. And there's really neat clapping rhythm. I can't do it because it's different. Maybe you can. But it's just a way to express our joy. It's okay, church. We can clap. Okay, we're going to go a little more radical here. You can raise your hands in worship. Right? Raise your hands in worship. It's like an international sign of surrender. Right? We're, we're giving ourselves to God. 
It's a, it's, a, it's a biblical posture of prayer. Paul says, I want men everywhere to lift up hands in prayer. And so when a song is directed at God, and it's, it's entirely appropriate. So if you're wondering if you can raise your hands at TCC, go ahead. Now, I have to tell you, I had to learn that and become comfortable with that because I didn't grow up in that. And when I went to a church that was doing that, I kind of looked around and said, I wonder what that's like. Will it feel weird? Will I have to do something strange? Like, will something weird come over me? And I was so self-conscious, I kid you not, that when I raised my hands, the thing I was most worried about was, what are the guys behind me going to think about my watch? <laughs> and, and, uh, and I got over that eventually. Um, but now all the people that sit behind me are going to go, I wonder what, what watch he's wearing today. Um, but, it, it, you know, just, it's okay. It's a way of expressing your passion for God. I love you, God. Right? It's okay to say that. Okay, now I'm going to step on some toes. Gently. Show up on time. See, it's gentle, right? It's not a heavy stomp. I'm, I'm not hurting you. I, uh, this morning, lots of people, it was great. It was good to see you here. But we always talk about this 10, 15-minute miracle because the place just fills up like this. But... I've wandered into some waters here. <laughs> um, how do I get myself out of that? But listen, it, because when you come late, you miss the opportunity to worship. You miss the first song or the second song, maybe the third song. So just come. Be part of it from the beginning to the end. And um, yeah, enough said. Was that, was that okay? Sorry. Not sorry. Um, <laughs> so we love God by focusing our attention on him. We love God by expressing our affection to him. And lastly, we love God by using our abilities for him. By using our abilities for him. So this is loving God with all your strength. See, God wants us to serve him with our strength, with our abilities. And he he gives us gifts uh, to do that. And by serving him, we serve others. And by serving others, we serve him. See, I, I have learned that loving Tina is, is far more than just expressing my affection for her or even focusing my attention to her. But there comes a time when that love needs to be expressed in practical, tangible ways. And so Colossians 3.23, I think, is a good verse to just help us think about this when it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. And so one of the ways that we express our love for God is by loving him with all our strength, by using our abilities for God. And in that sense, then, our actual work, where you are employed, where you spend Monday to Friday, can become a place, in fact, where you express your love for God. So we don't have to change our work. We change the one for whom we're working. Our, our, our education doesn't, doesn't have to just be what we, what we do, but our education can be a way of glorifying God because whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. It's working for the Lord, not for human masters. I like how Paul writes in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, he says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, so in view of what God has done for you, Now you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
And I do like how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this in the message. He says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place that before God as an offering. And so every day we look for ways to serve God. And serving God, it, 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 it often will involve sacrifice. It can be a sacrifice of time. Sometimes it's a sacrifice of comfort and convenience. Sometimes it just simply takes a lot out of you. But you simply cannot read the New Testament, miss the fact that, the God, that God wants us to serve others. And we're going to see this in our study in the Apostle Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, where God calls us into relationship with, with himself, and then we walk that out. And, and, and we're going to learn about the church, and we're going to learn about the nature of the church and the mission of the church. And did you know that, one of the, that the primary purpose of a pastor is this, verse 12 of Ephesians 4, to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ, that is us, the church, may be built up. Now we have a few pastors at TCC, but every one of us is a minister. We minister to each other. And in that sense, we're, we're all servants. We serve one another. And a little further in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, we read, instead, what we're going to do is we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, because that's, that's the journey that we're on. We're in this process of becoming more Christ-like. Um, sorry, growing in every way to be more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now listen to this. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love as each part does its own special work. Have you found your special work? Have you found the thing that God has created you to do, both in your everyday lives and even in service here at TCC? Because when you do, and when you see that just as an opportunity to serve God in that way, you see, our goal, our desire at TCC is that every person who says, hey, TCC is home. Uh, this is the place that, that I'm nourished. This is the place where I connect. This is the place that I belong. That you would find at least one place to serve. There are some that do, that do more than that, but at least one. Start there. To volunteer, to, to offer to serve, to say, you know what? I, I'm watching that person, what they're doing. I can do that. Now, you might be sitting there saying, I, I don't have any rhythm. I, I, can't, I can't do what Joe played this morning. I, I can't play the accordion. Um, not many people can play the accordion, I, I, I don't think. But, um, you know, when you see something, I can do that. Every person, virtually every person that you met or saw already this morning doing something, is freely offering to serve. They, they're, they're the greeter that you met at the door, the usher that, that handed you a, a Sunday news, perhaps helped you find, find a seat. Um, 
the Sunday school teachers where you dropped your children off at, the, the nursery workers that are looking after your children, um, the setup team, you didn't see them, but you can see uh, the evidence of the work that they did this morning because you're not sitting on the floor. The chairs are in rows and there's tables, tables back there. Um, brunch, you're going to see that in a moment. The prep team, you will see the fruit of their labor, uh, no pun intended. Um, but, but you'll, you'll see that everybody's been involved in some way. And one of the things we're incredibly thankful for at TCC is we have an incredible and many, many um, fantastic volunteers. And they say a lot of churches are like 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Um, and I, I, I feel like our percentage is way, way higher than that. It's like 80%. So keep doing what you're doing. But if you're not serving somewhere... There's a place for you to serve, trust me. Because I could say that there are almost every ministry area at TCC has a need that God may have uniquely gifted and called you to fulfill. Might be within children's ministry, whether it's working with the preschool kids. And one of the things that's sort of unwritten, but we, we sort of say it gently if we can, is if you have a child in preschool, we, we'd love for you to, to take a turn in, in children's ministry and, and helping there, or nursery workers, or being a teacher with some of the older, older grades. Our youth ministry, Pastor Quinn's doing a great job building this team of leaders who have come alongside him. And if you come by on a Wednesday night and you hear them worshiping, you'll see that most of the kids up here are, are youth themselves that are leading their peers in worship. Um, but I'm sure if you thought, you know, I wonder if I could help Pastor Quinn. I wonder if there's a need that he has. I mean, if you emailed him or met with him and just said, hey, um, is there a way I can be involved? I'm sure he would find a place for you. Worship ministries, whether you sing or play an instrument. But I want to even put a special shout out to say the, the people that are doing the tech work back there, whether it's sound or the video. Um, you know, if you can operate a computer, you can do what Karen's doing right now in, in moving these slides forward. We have those needs, and so if you're not already doing something, let us know, and we'll love to get you involved. Our brunch ministry, you know this. I mean, we, we love doing this every week, but it takes about 20 people every week to do that, from the prep to the cleanup, which is a, a need, even tablecloths. Do you realize that we have five people every Sunday? They usually do it once a month. There's always a few that say, hey, if I need to do it twice or three times, I'll do it. But they take home two full bags of, of tablecloths, and they do a few extra loads of laundry, and then they bring it back the next week. It's a little way that you can serve. So if you can do laundry, you can serve. Some of our frontline ministries set up. I know Tim could use some extra help. It's not necessarily that we need more people, but we have places for you to serve, and it just makes it easier to schedule people when, you know, you know, because people go away and they travel and they have other commitments. And so just trying to coordinate all that helps when we have people that are willing to say, I can do that. Helping with cleanup, greeters, ushers. I, I got an email from, from Brian Kelly, who leads our, our, our ushers team. He's like, Man, we've had some people that are going on extended vacations. They've taken breaks. We have a need for ushers. And so if that's something you think you can do, just talk to us. Write it in the, in the friendship book. On any of these, just write, I, I'd like to learn. I, there's a checkbox, serving, and put it down where, you, where you'd like to serve, and we'll, we'll follow up with you at that time. So in closing, just, just remember this, okay? God calls us into relationship with himself. It's incredible. He loves us. And so we respond to his love in love through our attention, that is thoughtfully, through our affection, that is through our passion, and through our abilities where we practically serve him.
that is our first and greatest priority, is that we would know and love God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for just this simple reminder as we move into a new year, as we have thought about over these last few weeks about who we are in Christ and that we have an opportunity to um, live that out as you write your story in our lives, as we have an opportunity to express our faith. And this morning how we heard about how we have an opportunity to express our love to you. And Lord, I pray that we would find a way to, um, to serve you, to serve others, to live our lives in a, in a way that we are engaging with you and the walk that you have us on. And, um, and so, Lord, I just, I'm grateful. I, I love this congregation. I love what you're doing here. This is a, a good place to be. So, Lord, I just pray that um, as we enter 2018, that we would, in thinking through our priorities, that we would come to the same place that this teacher of religious law came. That when he asked what is really the first and greatest priority, Jesus made it clear that we are to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. In Jesus' name we pray.